It's Friday, and we're opening up the mailbag to answer your questions about potential trades, Miami's rotations and their depth, and the possibility of a pause to the NBA season. All that and more coming up next. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Friday edition of Locked on Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. However, you may be listening on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. I'm David Ramil, and with me as always is my co-host, Wes Goldberg. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Speaking of things we want to keep, we want to keep talking about that big win over the 76ers. That's the first question we'll get to as we're opening up the mailbag. West, an exciting game. If you haven't checked out our episode recapping, it was right after the game ended. We did a live stream. I was still psyched up, trashing Joel Embiid in that loser franchise, the 76ers. And so this first question comes in from Johnny Wishbone. Yeah. He asks, was the win against the Sixers the most impressive win of the season? Wes, what do you think? Uh, it was up there, wasn't it? I, I think this, you know, the Heat even more shorthanded than they were against that Milwaukee team a, a few right. days ago, you know, because Tyler Hero was out with that quad injury. I'd still put the Bucks one slightly above that just because of the level of competition. I just still don't yeah. believe in Philadelphia as a high ceiling playoff team. Milwaukee is might be the best team in the Eastern Conference right now. You could argue that they're the favorites uh, based on how they're playing right now in the entire NBA you could make a real argument for it. So to beat that team with Giannis, as shorthanded as you were, I still give that Bucks win the edge as far as most impressive win of the season for Miami, but yeah. that 76ers win right behind it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the, the shorthanded nature of the roster certainly lends itself to, to you know people thinking it might be the best win. It was a fun win. We had great performances from players you don't expect. Dwayne Dedman outplays Joel Embiid, all those different factors playing into it. But look, Seth Curry and Embiid had been questionable the game before. They had, were out for a prolonged period of time. They were missing... Ben Simmons, some of their depth is still questionable. As much as Sixers fans want to prop up that team as a, a real contender, they've never proven that at any point during the process or in the ensuing years following that. So this roster, I'm not a believer in it. I'm not a believer in Doc Rivers. If you recall, on Locked on NBA years ago, I said that was a disaster. So far, I've proven correct. I know maybe I was overstating things a little bit, but whatever. I, the Sixers, you know, they'll, they'll have their own problems that'll be evident later on in the postseason. Let's move on to a question from our favorite yoga lady, Claudia. She writes in, is Gabe Vincent our true backup point guard? He is inconsistent. So do we need someone else to back up Kyle Lowry and run the show? We talked about Gabe following yesterday's game over the Sixers because, well, he was big game Gabe, knocking down yeah. shots all over the place, keeping the pace up for Miami, looking real consistent, real good. And he's shown more improvement over the last few weeks. Do you think he could be the legitimate backup for Kyle Lowry moving forward? I do. And I think it's settled. I don't think we really need to mess around with this anymore since – Here's just some stats, David. Since Bam Adebayo went down with that thumb injury, Gabe Vincent, you wouldn't think of him as somebody that gets thrust into the lineup because a center got hurt, but that right. the ripple effects of that injury were just, it was in the entire roster. It spanned the entire exactly. Miami Heat roster. So uh, Gabe Vincent, since uh, Bam went down, 10.6 points per game, four assists per game, 2.4 rebounds a game, more impressively, shooting 48% overall, 41.5% from three-point range, uh, I think there's still some stuff that you want to clean up with his game, sure. namely the turnovers, the time, yeah. the, the untimely turnovers that he has. His assist to turnover ratio isn't 
great. But that three-point shot has come around. Defensively, he gives you everything you could ask for out of a guy his size. Uh, And at point guard, that's really good. I mean, just to be average defensively at the point guard position is a luxury. And what he's doing now from three-point range, you basically have this 3-and-D type of point guard backing up Kyle Lowry. At that contract, you really couldn't ask for much more. And based on where the Heat are cap-wise, I think they're kind of stuck with Gabe Vincent. I know there was talks about maybe going out uh, for a John Wall if he were to get bought out by Houston or something like that. But I think all of the, the enthusiasm for that is completely curbed now. I don't think yeah. you need to do that at this point. Yeah, I think Vincent at this point, look, we haven't seen Wall, so we don't know. We, the expectations are high. I'm not sure if he still has that explosive first step that he once did. I'm not sure how consistent he can be. I'm not sure that he's going to buy into Miami's way of doing things. Gabe's been here. He's proven himself. Mm -hmm. I think he's earned the benefit of the doubt. I'm sure Eric Spolster feels the same Mm -hmm. way. He's talked about him very consistently and positively over the last few weeks. Uh, he's just he's a believer in what Vincent can do, and at this point, so am I. I think the fact that he can play alongside Lowry, that he could just be another guy that you can pick and plug in there, play, you know, let him play it and figure it out. He's gotten to this point where I think, again, he's earned the benefit of the doubt. But let's move on to this big question that comes in from Julian. He writes in, do you think the increase in NBA players around the league testing positive for COVID-19 will ultimately lead to a season pause in the near future? That's one question. And then the second one, how would this affect Miami? News is coming in constantly. The Lakers have like five players just test positive. It was just announced earlier. Yesterday, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN saying that the league is looking in positively, possibly tightening up uh, health and safety protocols, maybe doing some more testing, things of that sort. So to Julian's question, do you see a pause in the near future? Because I'm at this point now where I don't think it's going to happen. No, I don't think so either. I mean, just some numbers right now. 63 positive cases as we're sitting here and recording this. You mentioned the Lakers things. Russell Westbrook, Avery Bradley, That's those are numbers 62 and 63. 47 of those are in the last two weeks, David. I mean, this yeah. is kind of when you look at the way the pandemic and this new variant is, is kind of going across America, it's happening in the NBA right now. There is reason to worry. That's the reason why the NBA is uh, increasing testing. That's why we're seeing so many more people getting put into protocol, by the way, is because people are getting stricter, not looser with these things uh, in order to potentially prevent a shutdown that would have to happen. Right. We know so much more about uh, the coronavirus now than we did when it first hit, obviously. And I think the league feels like comfortable enough with what they're doing. Uh, And there is no sign. I mean, ESPN is reporting this and everybody. There is no sign that they have any motivation to shut things down. This is their answer, is putting all these dudes in protocol. Even if it's frustrating for Lakers fans or whatever fan, this is their answer. We're not going to get a shutdown. I just don't see it happening. No, at some point... Or even games being canceled. I'm sorry. But even games being canceled at this point. I mean, we've seen a couple already. But they're trying to avoid that as much as as they can. Right. Uh, I I just think given... The fact that they have so many players testing positive and everything else like that, they're aware that it's an issue. But I think the league, I mean, we've been critical of them at times because it just felt like Miami in particular last weekend was put in a situation where they might have been endangered somewhat facing a Chicago team that has Mm -hmm. had 10 players put in health and safety protocols. Luckily for Miami, it has not been an issue. I just don't think they're going to shut down the league. I think this is... The league is trying to set a standard that other sports leagues can follow, and they've done a pretty good job heretofore. At the same time, you look around the rest of the country, and everything's opened up. I go everywhere, and no one wears masks. No one's concerned. Everybody's moving on with their lives. 
It's unfortunate because, you know, the reality is that there are still some legitimate concerns about what COVID-19 can do and how can it impact the health of everyone around us. And But at this point, the league is only capable of doing so much. They can't shut down the rest of the country. The no. bubble is too expensive to maintain for mm-hmm. a prolonged period of time. It was a great experiment that worked out exceptionally well during that one time. They're not likely to do that. But to Julian's second part of the question regarding how it would affect Miami, I think they'll benefit from everything else. Because if we've seen what this team is capable of, look, no Jimmy, no Bam, no Tyler, no Victor Lodipo, no Tyler Hero, no anybody. And somehow they always find a way to get somebody to step up. The next man up mentality is so prevalent and so real and so tangible. You talk about what he culture, and yes, you can mock it if you're one of, a fan of 29 other fan bases, but what it boils down to is accountability. Every player in that locker room knows that, that eventually they'll be called upon to step up and play at their best, and that's why they continue to find ways to thrive. That's why they continue to get guys that are waived, undrafted, right. G League players, etc., and have them just become great players in this system I, I and go mean, elsewhere and not play well. Yeah, that's go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. No, no. I mean like seven out of 10 players in that Sixers game last night were yeah. undrafted, not a single first round pick on the floor for Miami <laughs> against the process. Trust Sixers, the process, like baby. Trust deal. the process. Yeah. Um, one other thing on this, uh, you mentioned the other leagues, just going back to that, the NFL right now has, huh. is they just announced new protocols too, basically right. implemented to expedite the process of a player who tests positive for that, if that player is vaccinated and asymptomatic to get back onto the field in the NFL, right? So when you look at what other leagues are doing and what the NBA is doing right now, everything that is being implemented at this point is to expedite players getting back onto the floor, back onto the field uh, to prevent any sort of shutdown based on uh, player availability or anything like that. Everything is going more towards, hey, let's keep powering through this thing as safe as we can. Uh, I have no problem with what the NFL did, by the way. The rules that they implemented, you know, they released a memo. They make sense to me, at least common, from a common sense perspective. Um, but the, everything is, let's power through, not pause. That's what all the leagues are doing right now. So it's just not going to happen. I don't see it happening. Speaking of powering through, we're powering through this episode as we open up the mailbag, qu- taking questions about potential trades and much more. But first, let me tell you all about Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? Because it's a scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwise subscriptions in one tap. Truebill has over 2 million users and helps save them over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. Go right now. That's Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Who doesn't want that around the holidays? Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. so much for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. We're moving on with this episode of The Mailbag. Make sure to always subscribe wherever you get podcasts and especially on YouTube to help us out. We definitely want this continued feedback. You guys have been doing an excellent job interacting with us via DM, via email, etc. Keep up the great work. We love getting all this feedback and questions from you because it makes episodes like this possible. So keep that up, please. Thank you so much. And again, I got a reminder to please uh, subscribe to our show on YouTube. Anyway, we'll move on with this question from Sean305. He writes, is it reasonable to think that he can go 500 without Jimmy and Bam 
what winning percentage is most realistic? That's a tough one, uh, Wes, because yeah. if, you, if you look at the, the, the specifics of the schedule so far, Jimmy got hurt against the Denver Nuggets. They lost Bam the very next day before the very next day. He got hurt against the Nuggets. He required surgery, or it was announced that he would require surgery before the Heat went on to take on the Cavaliers. So they started off 0-2 right there in the Jimmy slash Bam-less era. And since then, well, they've gone 4-3. and So they're holding their own. They're treading above 500. And then they do face a positive stretch over the schedule over the next couple of games where they face, I think, seven teams well below 500. So yes. To answer Sean's question, what do you think? Do you think Miami can go 500? Or if not, what's the most realistic winning percentage? I think 500 is the bare minimum realistic. I, yeah. I think actually if they go 500 over this next 10-game-ish stretch, that would be a disappointment. Now, Jimmy and Bam, we don't know when Jimmy's going to come back. We know that Bam is going to be out four to six weeks. So I don't know for the entire portion of the 500. I'm not even going to venture a guess at winning percentage. I'm just, I don't, I'm not into that. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to try to project what's going to happen two months from now. So, but I will say this in this short term, like the, the Heat have basically hovered at and around 500 without Jimmy and Bam for the most part against some pretty hard competition. And you look yep. at the schedule coming up, one of the out of their next nine opponents are above 500. They're only playing one opponent with a winning record as of today in the standings. Right. Between now and January 2nd, uh, Orlando, Detroit, Indiana, Detroit, Orlando. I mean, just that group of five right there. Can you name five more sad teams? If you can, <laughs> it might be Houston who they play later on. It might be Sacramento who they play later on. Like the only above 500 team that they play this entire time, David, is Washington. And I'm not that scared of Washington. They've been on the downslope lately, not after starting the season as strong as they did. So um, I think that they there is an opportunity here for Miami to work themselves into a pretty comfortable cushion going into a tougher part of their schedule later in January. But hopefully by then we're starting to hear stuff about Bam coming back. And hopefully by then Jimmy has been playing a few games. Absolutely. Uh, we'll answer a question about Jimmy's status later on in the show, if we could get to it. But as far as the winning percentage in all the games, my only caveat is this, and I think it's a pretty good point is that, these teams are hard to predict. We've seen really good Miami teams mm -hmm. stumble against 500 teams. And although I think this season is different, where, again, this roster is currently comprised, led by veterans like Jimmy, Bam, Kyle, etc., know how to handle these sub-500 teams. If they're missing Jimmy or Bam, it makes the challenge that much harder. If Miami's able to consistently win and build up their record, look, everybody's going to want to take a shot at this group. Orlando's going to have something to prove as the interstate rival, etc. I, I could see them challenging Miami. Miami's going to have to play the very best, regardless of whoever's on the floor. So far, they've shown the ability to do that. But I am, like you, confident that they're going to be able to win most of these games during this stretch. If not... I just don't think it's that severe either because, again, you take into consideration the fact that they're missing these key players throughout the rotation. You're going to have difficult losses, not yeah. necessarily schedule losses and things of that sort. But I will also say it's important to win as many of these games as possible because you do kick off a brutal road trip at the start of January after that to kick off the New Year. Mm -hmm. So you want to be able to log on as many of these wins as possible and get those under your belt. But we'll move on. Take this question from Mike who writes in, if this team makes zero changes and is fully healthy, with a 75% Victor Oladipo, how far do you think we can go? Ooh. Yeah, I mean, look, Brooklyn right now is the only team I'm very concerned about in terms of Miami's matchup. I think from pace of play, from a stylistic standpoint, they can hang with yeah. Brooklyn. Maybe better than any other team in the Eastern Conference right now. My only Great. question is, who keeps pace with Kevin Durant in a seven-game series? 
I mean, the answer for the entire league is pretty much no one at this point, other than maybe Steph Curry and maybe Nikola Jokic at this point. Um, but as far as what Kevin Durant can do, not just from the mid-range, but the efficiency with which he shoots the three and all this stuff, it's right. not something that anybody on the Heat can match. Jimmy Butler has to have a bubble-like performance for the Heat to get unlikely. through that kind of... And yeah, unlikely because it was historic, right? And it would take that kind of level to do it. Uh, Milwaukee, look, the Heat, they've sort of figured something out in this matchup. I think they would still be an underdog in that series. But oh, I, for it sure. But it wouldn't be shocking, I think, to anybody who closely is an observer of the NBA if the Heat were able to win that series. I don't think that would really surprise a whole lot of people um, yeah. who know what they're talking about, at least. And as far as everybody else in the East, I'm not scared of any of them, so forget it. But um, I think the Heat are the third best team in the East. They're, or They ought to have the third best odds, if we're talking about it that way, to come out of the Eastern Conference. The hard thing for Miami... And by the way, they will need a. Uh, I don't want to ignore the Victor Oladipo portion of the question, but we are going to talk right. about uh, Depot a little bit more in the episode. But um, the hard part for Miami is I don't think a top two seed is going to happen. It looks like Brooklyn and Milwaukee are kind of separating themselves and they'll end up being the top two seeds in the East. And if that's the case, they have to beat Milwaukee and Brooklyn, most likely, to get to the NBA Finals. That's really hard. So as far as the question, if, if the Heat are fully healthy, with a 75% Victor Oladipo, I don't know if that's 75% based on last year or it's all-NBA season or the all-star right. season or whatever that means, but a relatively impactful Victor Oladipo, I I, I can see this. I would I, I would maybe bet on the Eastern Conference Finals, but I, I don't know, man. Like It just depends on how those other teams look. Brooklyn, Brooklyn is really optimistic lately based on these reports that Kyrie Irving might come back at some point. And if, if that's yeah. the case, forget it. Brooklyn's going to the Finals, but um, I don't know. That's my answer, I guess. I can't. No, I, listen, it's a good one. And I think you're absolutely right. Like the the high level of variance a player like Kyrie represents for the Nets, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's going to come in recharged, uh, probably jonesing to play basketball after a prolonged period of time. Uh, I think the reality is also he's going to be impactful because he's, he's just that kind of player. For all of his deficiencies defensively, he makes so much happen on the offensive end yeah. that they're going to be a powerful juggernaut of a team. They've been able to do this with James Harden being in and out of the lineup, with Kyrie not playing at all, et cetera. They're still tops in the Eastern Conference. So, right. I mean, just basically, I can already hear the most homer of our fans saying, well, we got P.J. Tucker for to stop Kevin Durant. Nobody stops did a really good, PJ Tucker did a really good job on KD last year in the playoffs. Look at the numbers KD still put up against Milwaukee. Yeah, 40 plus per game. 40, 40 plus per game. I mean, it's, Nobody's stopping Kevin Durant. Yeah. And, and that's the problem. And at the same time, I look at this Heat roster and the kind of play that we've gotten from guys like Gabe, from uh, Caleb Martin and others, it shows that this team has a lot more depth. I wonder mm -hmm. how Spo will be able to juggle these rotations, whether or not he'll tighten the rotation, which he has been prone to do over the course of his career. So those are interesting questions about whether or not you're able to tap into this kind of depth. We'll tackle some questions later on about potential trades, about picking up players off waiver wires and things of that sort. The buyout market always looms large. I don't know. I, I don't know whether or not Miami is going to be making roster changes or not. But at this point, with this roster, to follow the question, I think they have a good chance of advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals. And if everything breaks right, and it kind of has to, then they'll be able to at least go to the NBA Finals. I, I think that's, I think all that's you a do. Really And that's all you can really do, right? Unless you have LeBron James like the Heat did, and that's the expectation right. to reach the Finals. Or you have Kevin Durant in this instance of Brooklyn, yeah. or Giannis in the instance of Milwaukee, where the expectation is that you should be reaching the NBA Finals. Unless you have that kind of player and the Heat don't, then all you can do is give yourself an opportunity. That's what they did in the bubble, and that's what they're doing now, apparently.
Yeah, absolutely. So we'll move on and answer some more questions about those potential trades in the next segment. But first, a little reminder, you should be trying Built Bar, especially now around the holidays. You could probably use a little treat, a little snack to keep you going to fuel you as you're making your last minute shopping. Well, Built Bar is the treat for you. So many delicious flavors, all filled with holiday goodness, low in calories, sugar, net carbs, fat, and yet high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors to choose from. You get a mixed box with all of your favorites. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel again. If you want to get from place to place as you're visiting family and friends, Built Bar is a solution for you. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor. Make sure you let us know in the comments which one is your favorite because we want to hear from you. Uh, you can always dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Amazing combination. You'll be sure to love it too. It's so decadent. It's just as good as eating any slice of cake or pie or any of the other great holiday desserts that a lot of people eat around this time of year. Uh, so much to do, so much to eat, so much to try and fill in during these times. It can be stressful for everybody. You never have to make any tough choices when it comes to Built Bars because they're all great, all covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and again, keep you going with all the nutrients you need. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you get 15% off your order. Go to Built com use a promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order on top of that bet online has you covered all season with more props odds and lines than ever before as football season continues their march to the playoffs bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, or your favorite casino games, Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. And don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON. Reminder, you can always reach us via email at lockdownheat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. And again, thank you so much for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. This next question comes into us from Kaylani's dad. Kaylani's dad, excuse me. Kaylani's dad. Whenever Oladipo returns and with Martin, Struess, and Vincent playing relatively well, where will his minutes come from? Not saying they're better players, but coming off his injury, can we just throw him in and trust he'll play at least to their level. Wes, what do you think? Uh, well, they're going to have to find minutes somewhere, and I don't think it really matters if he's playing at their level immediately. You're finding time for him to figure out if he can play to that level, right? That's the right. whole point. Um, look, right now, Struess is averaging about 20 minutes per game. Caleb Martin is averaging about 20 minutes per game. That's where the minutes are coming from. You can either take Struess out of the rotation altogether because they're, right. they're basically playing the same spot, right, at that wing position, uh, where Caleb Martin does is a little bit more tweener three four, where Martin is more of like a or or uh, Struess is more of a two three. Um, that's kind of where you figure Old Depot is going to play. But uh, I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll they'll keep guys in the rotation. They'll keep guys happy. They'll keep guys getting minutes, touching the ball, stuff like that. You could just take a chunk out of both of their minutes. Say take you know eight minutes out of each of their their current allotment, and now you've got enough time for Victor Depot to get on the floor. It's going to be something like that. It's not going to be a straight one for one swap. Um, probably. Uh, but the other part of this too, is that Caleb Martin's on a two-way contract and this could be an opportunity for Spo to just be like, you know what, let's, let's save some games here because there is going to be a point where they do have to get, they're going to have to buy Caleb Martin about nine games by the time they're able to pick, uh, add him to the 15 man roster 
and not get uh, penalized at the luxury tax. So there might just be a nine games uh, uh, spurt there where it's Victor Oladipo taking all of Caleb Martin's minutes and they're buying Caleb Martin as much, as much time as possible. Maybe that's maybe that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, conversely, I think the strength of the play of some of these guys like Struess, et cetera, yeah. allows yeah. you to kind of just rest Oladipo, let him not necessarily rest him, but, you know, kind of gauge exactly where he can come in. What Minutes restriction. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You can just totally limit what he could do, kind of work him in slowly. If he has to take a day off after playing one game for rest, you can mm-hmm. afford to do that. You've got these yeah. other guys playing, getting the kind of experience they need. If you had looked at this roster at the start of the season and said, Caleb Martin is your guy who's going to be the, the one that everybody's looking forward to his comeback from re- injury or anything like that, nobody would have expected that. Nobody would have expected him to have any kind of meaningful impact whatsoever. Here we are a few months later, and he's certainly proven to be a valuable asset and player for Miami. Uh, similarly with Oladipo, you want to get the most of him that you possibly can, but you're not sure exactly what you're getting to your point. I, I think you can integrate him slowly, and that makes a lot of sense. And hopefully he'll be somewhat dynamic. To our previous question in the last segment, if he's at 75%, what version of Oladipo is that? Is right. he somebody who can still attack the basket? Can he still shoot from the perimeter? It's always been kind of inconsistent for him. Is he going to be able to at least provide that high-level defense that we saw from him during that four-game stretch that he played with Miami last year? If that's the case... You can put him in spurts. I, I think you, you trust Eric Spolstra to understand this roster and what's necessary to have the kind of flexibility to say, you know what, we need a little bit more defense. Go out there, Victor. Right. Or we need a little bit more offense. Go out there, Caleb, et cetera. I think uh, you can mix and match pieces. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, a question mark for this team about their depth turns into one of their greatest strengths. It's something that Eric Spolstra mm-hmm. says uh, you know, on numerous times. He's talked about the strength all of a sudden becoming uh, – I'm sorry, their, de- their depth becoming – all of a sudden, one of their greatest strengths. And right. I think we've seen that proven over the last couple of weeks, et cetera. So, if there uh, is well, a anyway. silver lining, no, if there is a silver lining to this entire situation, yeah. it's that you're getting that experience for Gabe Vincent, Absolutely. Caleb Martin, Max Struess. Because when you look at this Absolutely. depth chart going into the season, you're like, all right, you added Markeith Morris, you brought back Oladipo, yeah. uh, maybe one of these other guys pops, uh, but you, and you got Tyler Hero off the bench. Like, that's your top eight, right? Dwayne Dedman, right. that's your top nine. Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, Max Drews were not part of that equation. Now no, so we're getting questions like, what do we do with these guys? They what, like, yeah. Are they going to play zero minutes? Like, It's it's a good luxury to have, a good Absolutely. problem to have if you're the Heat. Um, I, I I think it's interesting. Uh, is, is Victor Oladipo essentially Jimmy Butler's backup? I mean, I know it's not that's, that simple, but it, it kind of. Yeah, that's the way it seems like. That's what they, yeah. they utilize Caleb as, too. So right. I wonder how much Caleb plays if Victor was able exactly. to come back at full strength. Yeah, so that's that's the big question mark there. Did you have anything else to add about this one? No, I know. I just know that we have a ton of other questions in this mailbag, and yeah. uh, it looks gonna like we're going to have to do a part two. It looks like we're going to have to separate oh, well. this into another episode. <laughs> oh, well. Keep everybody coming. That's the way it is. This is called a teaser. Make sure you log on and, and subscribe so you can get uh, episode two, part two of this two-part mailbag, unexpectedly two-part mailbag. Uh, it should be out soon. In any case, make sure you keep these questions coming in. Like I've said before, we love your feedback. Use the hashtag AskLOHeat on Twitter. You can always reach out to us via email, leave comments on YouTube, etc. All these great way of leaving us feedback and comments and reviews and everything else. We appreciate all of them. Thank you so much for always being so supportive. And again, thank you so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you also listen Check out Locked on Bets, uh, your stop for all the, your, your questions regarding gambling and anything else that you might need as far as potential games to place wagers on. Locked on Bets is the answer for you. That's all for today. This is David Romil signing off for now. Thanks for joining me, Wes. Check out part two.